You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Lorian and Spencer. Lorian and Spencer. Bowlafterbowl.com. Bowl after bowl till he's sick. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Just your opinion. Nothing more, nothing less. And this is just our opinion here on Bowl After Bowl. That's right. Tuesday <laughs> night, feeling all right. Topless Tuesday. Topless Tuesday. Topless every day. Tits out for Harambe. Tits out just because. Just because it's December 8th, 2020, and it's episode 52 of the stoniest podcast in the universe. The only one where clothing's optional, but pot is not, and it's passed around in the bowl. In the bowl, everybody, in the bowl, in the bowl. In the bowl, Dwadnam, Icy Grills, I see Carolyn Blaney in there, Fletcher, always around somewhere. We got Lavish, we got Meduse, we got Ned Ned, Austin Ned, and of course, Tyfling. Hell yeah. And thanks to Dame Jennifer or Jame Jennifer for the intro. Absolutely. Always thankful for that. Her silky, sultry voice on the intro. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. You gotta have Dame You gotta have Dame Jennifer on your podcast intro. And you gotta have Nodebit to even be here. That's right. Shouts out to Nodebit. Yes, no debit. Thank you. No debit, the, no credit. <laughs> for providing the streams for the memes. Oh, how's everybody doing out there? How's everybody doing? It's a pretty good one for us. It is a good one. The weather was beautiful today. It was. It was like sunny and it 60 degrees. It was cold degrees. as fuck when I woke up, but now it kind of milded out. And you know what? It doesn't even matter because I never went out of the house today. Yep. Oh, had me like a sinus attack today, really. God damn. Every once in a while, my sinuses like get dry out. I'll get dried out and inflamed, and then just my head just starts pounding and splitting, and it's over. It's over for me at that point. What is it? Seasonal allergies? I don't know if it's seasonal, if I just dried out. I think I dried out because we had the heater on all night. Oh, right. The space heater. But we didn't turn the humidifier on, so the room got all dry, and I think it was just game over. Yeah. Stayed up late working on resume crap. Got that job fair coming up? Thursday. Show day. Oh, show day, though. Yeah, well. <laughs> Just listen to it. Is it virtual? It is a virtual fair, yeah. Okay. Everything's virtual these yeah. days. Nothing is real. <laughs> it's all just a fucking computer simulation. I actually discovered this as a fact today. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because as you know, our attorney general, whose name is uh, Eric Schmidt, S-C-H-M-I-T-T, Eric Schmidt, and I was looking... At the list, <laughs> and just next door in Kansas, their attorney general is Derek Schmidt. Uh, All right. S-C-H-M-I-D-T, Schmidt. Derek and Eric. Derek and Eric, both Schmidt. Schmitts, spelled slightly differently. And it's just like the, whatever the algorithm is that like propagates the non-player characters, just kind of like fucking did a repeat, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh yeah, Derek Schmidt got elected attorney general. Oh yeah, Eric Schmidt got elected Attorney General right next door. It's this. No, this is real. None of this is real. 
I'm not even here in my basement talking to you right now. You just think I am because you have an internet stream and it's pumping into your ears. That's pretty much where we're at. That's where we're at as a country right now. That's where we're at. Boy, we had a good hog story on uh, Thursday. Mr. Booberry over there. That was an epic show. It was an epic show. Epic time in the smoker. His first live stream appearance on the interwebs. Wow. That was pretty cool. I like his whole uh, concept for his podcast, Behind the Schemes, and his frequent mention of the reptilians that run our lives and control everything and make decisions in dark hallways that we will never see or hear. It's pretty funny. Pretty fun. Pretty good stuff. I was uh, proud of my low effort voicemail that I sent in on Thursday. Low effort? It seemed uh, more... uh, I mean... That seemed pretty high effort, the one that I heard. Yeah. The one that I remember. That's the... uh, Your song? That's the beauty of it. It seems high effort. But all I really did was YouTube uh, karaoke version of Stacy's mom. (laughs) 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 And then slightly changed the words to it. To be Booberry's mom. Because she's got it going on. Oh, that's right. Your voicemail before that was about um, CDs and Walkmans. Oh, that's right. You doubled down on the voicemail. I had two voicemails, didn't I? I'm about to hit that limit. That Fletcher imposed limit. Yeah, limit's four. You'll be okay. <laughs> Come on. Yes. I dare you to hit the limit. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Double dog dare me? Sure. <gasps> I might someday hit the limit. The beauty of it is if you change numbers and voices, then you can circumvent the limit. Well, if you star six, seven, you can just do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Well, I can <laughs> do whatever I want anyway. Well, that's true. That's the beauty. It's free here in the bowl. A free bowl. Whoa. May not be a uh, free country. Dwadnam just sent me this crazy gif of his <laughs> of his no agenda social showing him the same message from me over and over and over again, which Whoa. has to be pretty annoying. What is it? Comedy <laughs> Stopper is... 3000. <laughs> I mean, that's a good one to be on repeat, I suppose. I was asking him about his uh, crossbow. Because in Canada, you know can't really have weaponry or anything. I mean, you can, but it's incredibly discouraged. So, Oh, yeah. I saw something about them hiring like a third party to confiscate firearms from people. But I didn't verify that, so. Mm. Sounds very Canadian. It sounds terrible. Sounds <laughs> like a very bad idea. Oh, good, man. No, I would never, ever, ever join the uh, snatching guns from people committee. No, no. Because, uh... Oh, you know what happens once they take away your guns. They take away your funds. <laughs> <laughs> they do whatever they want yeah. at that point. It's true. It's true. It's no good. Yeah. It's true! Then you get Tiananmen Square. Tiananmen Square all over again. Man, this is so random, but the Chiefs got fucked on Sunday. Mm, they really did, huh? Fucked out of a whole touchdown. I've never seen anything like that. Ah, man. That was a bit upsetting to me. It was. So what happened? <laughs> What's, this is going to sound terrible coming from me. I'm not a sports journalist. <laughs> <laughs> Mahomes threw this pass to Tyree Kill, who was in the end zone, and he caught it, but got knocked down by this guy, and the ball went flying up in the air out of his hands. But then he caught it again, and it never touched the ground. He caught it like in his elbow, in his arm. But he didn't know that he caught it, so he didn't like have some like jump up reaction, like, oh, it's a touchdown, it's a touchdown. And then they had the fastest punt ever. Like that football is just another football is just coming out onto the field for them to uh, you know, kick it. And 
Uh, then you see Ty- Tyreek talking to Andy Reid like, hey, wait, I think we should review the play. Too late. God, they kicked it so fucking And I fast. guess if you don't review the play right then, you can't like go no do-over. Yeah, you have to challenge. So there's a coach's challenge, but you have to challenge it before the snap of the next play. So once you snap the ball, you lose that ability. Pretty fucking lame. It was super lame. And it, like, isn't there someone whose job it is to be like watching these things and making sure oh, shit like that doesn't several happen? Several someone's whose job it is to do that, but uh, everybody missed it. That was From crazy. Top to bottom, it was the wildest. It yeah. was the wildest shit I've seen in a minute. But you know, KC Kings a comeback. They still won. Still won. But should have had those seven points. Yeah, another TD off of Pat stats. Oh well. <laughs> you like uh. You like my description of it? Like a totally non-football uh, enthusiast <laughs> being like, this is what happened. They threw the ball. They caught the ball. It should have had points. It didn't have points. It's <laughs> a very good sports ball update there. Thanks. Pretty nice. Pretty nice. Did you see that a Kansas City company is the first manufacturer in the state to receive approval to make edibles? No. Yeah. Kansas City company Clover, no E. C-L-O-V-R, oh, yeah. some Aldous Huxley shit. Removing the vowels from all this kind of shit, huh? Wait, there's an O in it. Oh, yeah. So just the E. There's hmm. an o. Clover. Clover. Grr. <sighs> yeah, um, I guess they will be making gummies, although they, uh, you know, Missouri rules say we can't have, like, fun edibles that appeal to kids, so I'm guessing no gummy worms, maybe like gummy squares, I don't know, gummies in general are pretty yummy, so. Yummy gummies. You make candy, kids are gonna want it. Yeah. (laughs) But, obviously everything's pretty, uh, you know, you get carded wherever you go, we're a medical state, so you have to have that fucking license on top of your driver's license. But uh, Christopher Elbow's getting in on the game. Oh, That's yeah? our gourmet chocolate company. Yeah, That's actually yeah. cool to hear. Yep. I mean, how could they not? That's a huge business opportunity right yeah. there. They already make chocolate. Might as well. Throw some weed in it. Might as well put some weed in it. Hell yeah. So they'll be making vape pens too. But yeah, first in the month and we get them here in Kansas City. That's pretty cool. Um, they. Yeah, they'll also be allowed to sell other products from, you know, other states. So we'll be getting edibles from other states as well, which you can only buy in Kansas City, I guess, since they're the only ones approved right now. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, they're saying uh, the candy bars have to be 10 pieces, 10 milligrams CHC each. So that's fair. 10 milligrams each, huh? Yeah. It's pretty, it's a pretty Want 100 standard, milligrams? Pretty Eat the whole dose. candy bar. Get diabetes while you're at it. <laughs> oh, oh just kidding. Not too close to home. Yeah, we gotta skip the diabetes. Yeah, no diabetes. Knock on wood against diabetes. Oh, I have a clip for you. This cracked me up. Oh boy. I had not heard what this journalist opens with. Oh, of course. Yeah, let's do that. Now, you may have seen the headlines recently that COVID-19 can cause erectile dysfunction. While the story is still out on that, we did get a local doctor's response to the question, could the COVID vaccine cause women to become sterile? Let's listen. No, that's the short answer to the question. That is the short answer. That's kind of go-to misinformation. All right, well, that's some good news. (laughs) That's it! (laughs) 
Uh, I'm a, they didn't even have the guy's name no, on the, the screen. No, the short answer. Oh, well, that's good news. Oh, dude. I was just like, wait, you don't even have like an, you're an expert or doctor or whatever. You don't have an explanation for me to like ease my worried mind? I mean, no. The fact no. check on it that I read was like, no, it doesn't make you infertile. It just could um, hinder your ability to produce this protein required for your placenta. <laughs> like, Which is like, oh, wait, well. What? Yeah. How, that so doesn't like, sound good. It's worse than infertile. It's more like uh, <laughs> you're going to starve your baby or something. Like, well, it's in you. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm not a fucking doctor. Okay? Me neither. But that doesn't really calm me down. I was like, no, no, it's not It's not infertility. It just is uh, going to make it so you can't make a placenta. Like, well, and I also enjoy how she, she starts this off with like, you may have seen the headlines, I haven't, of uh, COVID causing erectile dysfunction. Well, you know, when you're sick, you don't really necessarily yeah, feel like getting it up anyway. Uh, yeah. But then they, <laughs> she's like, well, you know, on to a different topic. Like, they have nothing on that. Yeah, they didn't even like, address yeah. it. Yeah. <sighs> Oh, weird. And COVID causes retardation. Probably. It's got that, uh, I mean, you know, there's a million reasons not to take the vaccine. People hanging out in the bowl don't need us explaining that to them, probably. Not at all. Yeah, over my dead body, you know? Oh, indeed. <laughs> Booberry's in the bowl. We summoned them just oh, by talking hey. about them. In the bowl, Booberry. You can join us too by going to the Bowl After Bowl channel on zeronode.net. If you're into IRC, we will see you there. It's always fun to troll along. And you can join all the other troll rooms associated like Hog Story or No Agenda or Sewer Chat with Nick the Rat. I even have Bone Zone parked, but we don't haven't really, we haven't really started Bone Zone as a regular thing. I haven't started yet. But we were thinking about it, contemplating it. I think it'd be funny. I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be cute. Yeah. Every once in a while. Code a game to go along with it. Um. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the bowl turns into the bone zone a lot, so. That's true. <gasps> That's true. Oh, what? magic number popping up all over the place. Oh, it usually is. Just before 3.30 p.m. on Sunday, a man was shot in a 3300 block in Independence. Wow, that's like, a double. Wow, that's double bad luck, buddy. Double 33s for your trees. Yeah, it's a crazy case. Uh, the people that shot him were driving a U-Haul truck, or like mm -hmm. a truck that had the U-Haul logo on it. It doesn't seem like they rented it from somewhere. It seems like they made their A truck look like a U-Haul truck. Okay. And then they ditched it in the Missouri River. Shit. And then, then that's it. Like People only have a picture of the truck. No one knows who was driving it. And uh, his wife, and he leaves behind, like, a 19-year-old daughter and a 2-year-old son. Um, and they didn't know, like, who could have done it. Uh, I guess they kind of suspected some neighbors that just moved out of the neighborhood. And I was like, damn. Is horrible. That is horrible. These people are sick. Having neighbors that aren't neighborly. Yeah. Can't imagine that. <laughs> I either don't know my neighbors at all, and so then there's obviously no beef, or I love my neighbor. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's there's your neighbor being a prick, and then there's your neighbor killing you. I mean, there's like, you know. Yeah, I was like, hmm, I wonder if there's more to this that, you know, they just don't want to talk about. Always we'll something more. Always something more. But maybe 33 years from now, they'll, you know, be doing a documentary on this case. And like all those weird uh, murder docs that you see on TV and stuff. Yeah. Entertainment. <laughs> My dad is always watching that shit. I don't understand. I 
And he lives alone. I couldn't do that. That would fuck with my head too much. You just, like, stop trusting everyone. Look at your own children. You're like, hmm, what do, do they know about my life insurance policy? Are they mad that the uh, chicken wasn't marinated long enough this week? No. Can't do it. He's mad that he overcooked the damn cookies. He always overcooks the cookies. Always. He, because you know why? He's never put a timer on when he puts cookies in the oven just like, with our daughters. Like, it's not garlic bread, Pop. It's fucking cookies, you know? You you they, pull that shit out while it's still gooey. Yeah. It keeps baking on the tray. Well, okay. Because the tray's hot as all hell when you pull it out, and then there's like an extra minute, minute 30 that it bakes while it's still on the tray. And then it hardens up, but it's like, you want two type of cookies. You want the cookie right when you pull it out of the oven, where you pick the cookie up and it's like falling apart. It's like barely hanging on. And then yeah. you're like... Mm. And then you want the cookie that's cooled, that is like plenty firm, but still kind of has a chew to it, you know? A crispy cookie is like, you might as well be buying fucking Chips Ahoy at that point, you know? Right. Like, no thanks for the fucking... The crispy cookie's just not my jam, dude. I mean, you usually pull cookies out in eight minutes, and your dad was coming in the room like, oh, shoot, I forgot to put the timer on ten minutes into the cookies. And then he comes in, and he's like, they're not done. They look soft in the middle. I was like, dude, pull them out pull them now. Out, <laughs> they're going to keep cooking on that hot sheet. Like, I mean, come on. those cookies, they're acceptable right when they're fresh and hot because they're still soft, but they're like soft and firm. It's like, if it's already a bit firm when it just comes out of the oven, then you know it's overdone, man. And trust me, I know my cookies, dude. I know my cookies. I know my cookies. I mean, oh. I, I got professional cookie experience on my resume. Why are you touching my cookies? I did a year at Hotbox Cookies for Christ's sakes. We need the, I need that uh, quote from Arnold Schwarzenegger in Jingle All the Way. Put my cookies down. You put that cookie down. <laughs> put that cookie down. Jingle All the Way is my favorite Christmas movie. And Spence <laughs> had never seen it until I came around. You put those cookies down. So good. <laughs> John said, good CSB voice, Lorian. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas, oh. Langston residents. Hi, I... Ted? Howard! Hey, buddy! How's it going out there? Everything okay? Yeah, fine. Uh, Ted, I need to speak to Liz. Uh, could you get... Mm. Oh! <laughs> Howard, excuse me, but your wife's cookies are out of this world. What a... Who told you you can eat my cookies? I'm just helping Liz out a little in the kitchen. She's making up a storm here. Ted, I need to speak to my wife. So could you get her on the phone, please? I think she's in the shower, Howard. Do you want me to go check? No! I mean, no, that's fine. On your way out, just tell her it would be a few minutes late, but you shouldn't worry. Oh, she won't worry. I mean, I'm here and... Mm. Oh, these cookies! I gotta get the recipe from Les. Put that cookie down! Now! <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah, good find. Wow, uh, but your dad who binges on murder docs is the one that told me about uh, Phil Hartman, who played Ted, being murdered by his wife. Yeah. Hard to imagine killing that guy, huh? Hard to imagine a your just, wife killing he you. He always just plays like the fucking most smarmy, overconfident, cocksure prick. It's kind of it's kind of funny. Well, and then... But it's acting, so, you know, yeah, I, don't, I don't know shit about Phil Hartman, Phil Hartman, the personal man, except Same. that he was killed by a crazy bitch. Yeah. I mean, 
I like to think I'm stealthy, uh, <laughs> but I'm I I trust that you would be able to dismantle me if I tried some shit like that. All four foot eleven of me, oh, you'd just be like, you. okay. <laughs> I'll dismantle you, all right. Yes. Yeah, usually. Uh, I do love the cookie. Yeah. I was gonna say because you know last time I went a little unhinged. <laughs> on the, the Dvorak uh, cartoon sounds. And Dvorak had one of, like, the greatest anime comeback arcs of all time in the very next show, last Thursday's show, because he, like, brought back second half of show stuff, man. And I'm pretty sure he was talking alien stuff, alien technology stuff. But wowie zowie, dude. It was, like, fantastic. Props to John for Hell bringing yeah. it back. And then Adam... Gave him a fucking spoonful of his own buzzkill medicine with it, too. Because John said something like, uh, you know, as if he doesn't know at all. He's just like, yeah, well, whatever happened? We never do second half a show. And I was like, yeah, probably because I was sick of getting ridiculed by you every time that I brought anything out of the uh, regular normal world up. But that's kind of like an essence of the show is the crackpot stuff that gets buzzkilled by JCD. But it was so funny to have the roles reversed. JCD doing some crackpot shit. And Adam killing the buzz. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. And they made a great point, too, about um, how people will complain about mommy and daddy fighting. <laughs> that was funny. On the NOS. And, I mean, personally, I think it's hilarious. I love it when mommy and daddy fight. But the way that it's put, they were, like, trying to say it's some... You have childhood trauma. Oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it really reveals a deeper psyche, psychological uh, trouble going on, which I don't know. Maybe for it some might. people it might. Yeah. I was, I mean, I've never said those words or posted those words, but I read them and I laugh. I'm 100% shit posting 100% of the time. Yeah. So, is it, so is Adam mom and Dvorak's dad? <laughs> Is that how that works? <laughs> That's speculation, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I have no comment on that. I don't know, but I like it when it gets heated there. It's good. It's good to have a little bit of disagreement at the very least because it just shows you those are just two guys, you know? Well, it's just two guys, and you're never going to agree on everything. And uh, Adam's in Texas, and John's in California. And if they were lockstep on everything, I would really start to... <laughs> wonder and worry and suspect you know but another thing you got to imagine is they uh or i guess you got to keep in mind is they never talk before the show about show material so that every time the conversation's fresh and the material's fresh and you're getting the real true first reaction to it every time no matter what so that's really cool and you can see that especially when you're listening live and like i don't know connections drop or if things get like extra weird like it's been so long since i listened to the recorded version that i'm not really um i'm not really even sure how much or what gets pulled out i know like the obvious technical things where they fall all the way off of the stream or get interrupted or like john's voice cuts out they'll go back and fix but it's incredibly minimal the editing they do but even still there's some kind of a uh more rawness to listening to the live and I love listening to the live for sure yeah and Booberry brought up a really good point in the bowl last week and then also in the smoker um if Adam truncates silence when he's editing the show then all of those like long tense pauses are lost yeah and they say so much about the situation mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I'm not sure how much silence gets pulled out, if any, but um, I do it on this show because we have some pregnant pauses that don't produce children, so what's the point? And, um, yeah, second half of show, uh, Blueberry was inquiring in the bull. It's sort of like the uh, conspiracy part, and I don't really know the origins other than it was sort of a thing where, you know, the recurring, anytime they talk about the A's, um, it was sort of... They'd want to push it toward the end of the show or toward the second half of the show. Kind of like what we do with Behind the Curtain, where we're a little bit looser, uh, a little bit neuter, and a little bit uh, more laid back, and maybe even getting a little high. And we want to put all that content sort of at the end of the show so that, you know, if you're coming and you're hanging out for that long, obviously you've made it to that point, then you're going to stick around for whatever. But you don't necessarily want to turn people off with all the weirdness and craziness right up front in your face. Kind of got to ease into it like a hot tub, if that makes sense. Yeah, like a hot tub. Like a hot tub. You know, you come in, you say kind of some like good high energy pump up stuff, you know, get everybody excited, do a little crowd work. How you doing? Where you from? Where do you work? And how we doing? And then uh, you roll into your regular routine type stuff. You pull some 33s out of your butt, some sound effects here and there. And then, if you want to go behind the curtain, you can get a little freaky. Yeah, we save that for later. You show your ID and you go back there and then then anything goes. Find the curtain. Anything goes. But we're still well in the A block here. <laughs> the magic number popped up in a video, a political video this week. Ooh. Regarding Georgia. If you recall... <laughs> So there was the suitcase incident, and then people started looking into who are these, you know, workers. Right. And they found Ruby Freeman, and she had taken a video, a selfie live stream, where she's, like, asking for more work. And I'm not totally sure how to interpret everything that happened in the video, you know? Right. I I don't know what she's actually, if there's, you know, if it's, like, Give me some ballots to go through before I scan them, or I, yeah, if they're well, even it's, ballots. It's, it's, it was absentee uh, voting processing, okay. basically. See? And that's why we work together on that's this. That's right. But anyway, dude comes over with a box for her. What box number do you think it is? 33. So I screen capped it, <clears throat> shared it on the social this week. I was just like, no way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. It's all over that number. Nothing is real. Nothing, Nothing is, real. is real. Then, of course, the uh, Senate committee overseeing the inauguration uh, voted three to three, failing that resolution to uh, accept and recognize an <laughs> inauguration of Biden and Harris upcoming. So there's a magic number kind of sneakily, three to three. How dare he be in denial of Joe Biden's transition? I mean, it would have been awkward if they, um, you know, were like, yeah, we recognize this guy as a president-elect, and then he's not because it's Trump. Right. That would have been weird. <laughs> that would so- have been very weird. They're really grasping on everything, man. Like, the Safe Harbor Day thing, that was today, came and went, and, like, Safe Harbor, it really, it really, in the face of all this fraud, the Safe Harbor doesn't really mean shit. When things are being contested, there's no safe harbor. Even uh, even Ginsburg and Bush v. Gore recognized that like January 6th was kind of the, the day of the biggest importance because that's when the votes are confirmed uh, by Congress. 
So the Electoral College, you know, I mean, they can be sat and then they can vote, but the votes aren't like read and confirmed until January. And then obviously the big one is the 20th uh, inauguration day. That's the only one that's explicitly lined out in the Constitution is the inauguration. So still got a long fucking way to go, really. Things are getting interesting. Things are getting very hot right now. Lots of lawsuits popping off. There's the Mike Kelly v. Pennsylvania case, which, of course, one of the emergency stays was just denied by Alito today. All kinds of speculation on why and what it means. But essentially, what we're hearing is that the one filed by Texas has a little bit wider scope. And so that's kind of going to be the bigger focus. They're both docketed still, officially. So it's not like either have been have been thrown out. Um, but it's also not like either of them have been formally accepted. They're just docketed. It's like the very first step. It just means they're in the system. There's also been reports on and off throughout the day of, oh, Alabama's joining, oh, Louisiana's joining, oh, South Carolina's joining, oh, seven states joined this lawsuit. Um, from what I can tell, that is not true as of this hour, um, it looks like, for instance, Alabama put out a little bit more concrete of a statement. Let me see if I can pull it up and read here. Um, the state of Texas has filed a motion. Now, this is Steve Marshall, Alabama's attorney general, with a statement. The state of Texas has filed a motion to the U.S. Supreme Court requesting permission to sue four states. States, of course, are Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Georgia over, uh, over voting irregularities in those states during this year's presidential election. It's my expectation that the court will act quickly in deciding whether to grant Texas uh, their request. That decision will instruct me as to how the state of Alabama will proceed in our fight to ensure election integrity. The unconstitutional actions and fraudulent votes in other states not only affect the citizens of those states, they affect the citizens of all states of the entire United States. Every unlawful vote counted or lawful vote uncounted, debases and dilutes citizens' free exercise of the franchise. The state of Alabama will continue to pursue any legal remedy available to protect her people from such disenfranchisement. Both our rights and our republic depend on it. And that's Steve Marshall again, Alabama Attorney General. So while that AG has not joined uh, in that lawsuit, at least not yet, he is indicating that they're willing to and that they're considering it, that it's very much on the table, uh, but he's signaling that he wants to wait at least until they grant uh, Texas's request to sue those four states. So if the court takes that case up, then it appears as though there's a few different states that are ready to jump in that, uh, like the Proud Boys, are standing back and standing by, I guess. Praying Mantis energy. Praying Mantis. Wait until the striking's hot and then strike. And then you have to strike once, and it's fast and it's over. And you go from waiting to munching pretty much immediately. Yeah, it seems about right. I uh, contacted my attorney general today, first via phone. So they have uh, five offices across the state. Most states, they'll have, you know, multiple offices all across, you know, your state and your, probably in your city centers. I think here it's um, Jeff City, Springfield, Columbia, Kansas City, and St. Louis, the five offices. So I called the Kansas City office, and the lady really sounded like, uh, <laughs> she sounded like she had dealt with dozens, if not hundreds, of those same calls today. Hmm. And she was just like, as soon as I said, like, I was kind of getting my spiel out. And as soon as I said Texas lawsuit, she was like, let me transfer you to our main office. Like, she just cut me off and transferred me. Went to the main office, Jeff City. It rang. It went to voicemail. It said the voicemail box is full. Ugh. Let me transfer you to operator. This is all a robot talking. 
And then another voice said the operator is unavailable. <laughs> and so I went to the website and I filled out just kind of a contact web form with a message of what uh, basically, you know, get on the fucking stick. Um, figure it out. Stick. Stick. Get on the stick. Sue some people. I'd like to see Missouri on there. Uh, I'd like to see everybody on there. Let's see. Here's my message. I tried to keep it short and sweet, but I encourage everybody to contact your AG. Whether your state's red or blue, whether your AG is going to give a fuck or not, you still should bother them. Because, like, in my experience in grassroots um, pressure campaigns and any sort of, you know, activism, this whole question of, like, well, what can I do? What can little old me do? If you call an email and you're one of a lot of people doing that, that's absolute pressure. The The psychology of that is one of the strongest things that these politicians react to and are forced to cater to. They're forced to. If they if they get enough pressure, then they have to change their whole game. They have emergency meetings and they, you know, talk amongst themselves. What the fuck are we going to do? Their staff go crazy. Like, their staff can't handle it. Their staff, anytime the pressure comes up, the staff melt down. And so... That is the most one of the most effective ways to actually get shit done. Um, my little message just said, I attempted to contact your office today by phone. It seemed the voicemail box was full, and no operator was available at the time. I'm writing to urge Mr. Schmidt to join in the lawsuit filed last night by the state of Texas against Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Georgia. Missouri needs to take a principled stand on the side of free and fair elections. With so much proof of widespread fraud in this election, it is imperative that our state does everything in its power to ensure election fraud is investigated and that fraudulent votes are removed from the official counts in these contested states. Thank you for your immediate attention to this most urgent matter sincerely me so do that just i mean it's a web contact form so i kept calling and didn't get through but because the little pop-up said you know expect a response in like two weeks i don't have two weeks on this so i'm probably gonna call some more tomorrow but uh i I mean me i will keep calling until see some kind of announcement on missouri because i'd like i'd like missouri to be on there as part of it you know as standing up for a, a free and fair election it's just that simple it should be easy but because of the enormous pressure and foreign influence, it's not that easy. And so, really, we have to make sure that these people are on our side and not, you know, Chinese assets or foreign assets. Like, I directly voted for Eric Schmidt, so, hello, I'm one of your voters and one of your constituents. You have to do what I say. Or you have to at least polis- listen and pretend. Hello! At the very least. And if enough people are bugging the shit, out of them and flooding the voicemail box. I mean, the voicemail box was full, so you know I know I'm not the only one today, and I won't be the only one tomorrow, and I won't be the only one all week. But uh, things are getting hot and heavy, man. Things are getting before the Supreme Court. People are starting a little bit lose their minds. You can just feel it in the atmosphere. The atmosphere of fear. Fear is in the air. The Atmos sharks. Fear. The sharks smell blood in the water. That's what I'm sensing. Anyway, what are you sensing? You cracked me up this week with the uh, Georgia rally. Because before it was over, you turned to me and you're like, Trump goes on bizarre rant about cucumbers. Watch. It'll be the headline tomorrow. <laughs> and then it fucking was. I think they even used the word bizarre. Of course, but yeah. But I think they used a different word than rant. Yeah. But, but you nailed it. Yeah, Trump bizarrely claims he's the only one that likes cucumbers. And they fact-checked it. <laughs> Because this is the fucking level that they work at. The fucking level that they work at is that they say, um, our independent team of researchers actually looked into it 
And no, the president is not the only one who likes cucumbers. (laughs) (laughs) But man, that was powerful. The fight for Trump uh, chant that came out during that rally. That was. That was electric. The fight for Trump. I mean, you gotta imagine, he's there stumping for these two senators in this runoff that probably shouldn't even be happening, this runoff. This runoff is only happening because of skewed and fucked votes anyway. The runoff's required because the first vote was so close. Uh, He's there expending his own political capital for these two senators that, you know, I mean, he's saying how great they are and how much we need them, but, you know, it's not really clear how much they've actually done on Trump's behalf. And he's out there rallying for them. And he kind of made that comment a number of times, like, I don't do this for a lot of people kind of thing, you know. But I think we all know that Trump was there for Trump primarily. Uh, he's in in a big fight, and we, you know, needed to see some, some classic Trump, and that's what we got was classic Trump doing his routine, doing his stand-up gig, doing his, like, riff. And it just breeds fake news headlines like the cucumber one because he's all over the place, you know. I mean, he's just... Uh, He's keeping it going. At one point, he's talking about how it's bullcrap that he lost. And another point, he's talking about how he didn't lose. Uh, and, you know, taking all out of context and put all back together, it's you could make the argument that he sounds like a raving madman. Um, and he is a madman, but not in the way that you think. You know, not, not the way that it appears at first glance. And uh, he didn't really seem... Nervous, defeated, low energy, any of that. He seemed like classic Trump to me, which is a great indicator that uh, all of this stuff is, you know... I mean, I I put over a month ago praying Mantis energy till further notice, and that's still very much in play. That was November 5th. Here we are, December 8th. Next week will be the Electoral College vote, maybe, unless the uh, Supreme Court puts the brakes on it or somehow funda- fundamentally changes something. Or, is you know, if that if that process is still dragging on then we might see a delay. We might see a lot of different things. A lot of people are just purely pulling things completely out of the air. But the way I'm looking at it, man, it's really hard to imagine that Trump is just going to roll over and take it. Um, And you can put millions of Americans right next to that with Trump. Yeah, we're not sick of winning. Yeah, we're not. Nobody's sick of winning. But we are sick of getting fucked in the ass. And we are sick of Chinese influence and Iranian influence. We are sick of watermelon carry, watermelon head carry going over and making deals with the Iranians behind our backs. We're sick of the Clintons selling out our country to all of our fucking enemies. We're sick of Joe Biden getting two... 12 people to show up at a rally and then pretending like he got over 80 million votes. Like, nobody's that fucking dumb. Even a lot of the Dems, they, you know, they can understand that this was wild and (laughs) probably uh, a little bit outside of the uh, realm of possibilities or even probabilities, let's say, to be generous. But I don't think a lot of them care as long as it's a win for them. As long as the orange man is gone, then at least the ones that I know kind of feel like it's sort of one of those in any means necessary things like um sweeping the orange man out justifies all of the illegal shit that they do exactly in their minds which uh yeah i don't know in in their special world uh the orange man is like the biggest criminal ever so it's just wild man the rift between the universes is is just so deep right now that it's incredible and they have a they have a little bubble that sustains it too on on the on the mainstream if you turn the TV on or on the mainstream if you go on any of the socials. I mean, you've got Instagram, TikTok, 
Facebook, and Twitter, and that's pretty much it. That's like the biggest four. Instagram and Facebook, they're the same people. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter is basically working hand-in-hand hand with it, uh, Facebook. They're just like, they have offices there. They share the same uh, internal tools a lot of the times. And then uh, there's a TikTok, which is a Chinese company. So all of these are controlled top-down by China, and everything is, you know, approved or not approved through the CCP. That goes deeper when you talk about all the major sports, when you talk about all the major Hollywood television and film. I mean, their claws are in so many aspects of American culture and society. And then those interesting videos just in the last couple of days are leaking out of that professor in China bragging about it. Bragging about all the old uh, U.S. connections that they have politically at the top and bragging about their connections in Wall Street and how much of a grip that Wall Street has over the whole political uh, the political process here in the U.S., which is nothing new. We all know that. But it's clear that Trump has been a big pain in the ass of that globalist system and the communist takeover and the socialism being pushed. He has fucked it up. And that, beyond any other thing about Trump, you can name anything that you love, anything that you hate, uh, from how dumb his hair is to how orangey is to anything. It doesn't matter. He pisses off some of the most evil people on the planet, and he is my friend because of that. You can always tell. They say you can tell a man's vices by his friends, but his virtues by his enemies. And I think that Trump's virtues are very clear. What he represents is a huge threat to every globalist, controlling, totalitarian, communist piece of shit out there on this earth. And that is why Trumpy is my friend. And that is why I will support Trumpy. Simple as, don't say anything. <laughs> It was a good too. I, I was thinking about the Eminem dick pic and how it disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> like, I should have saved it. I'm over here again on the ropes for freedom, and you're just thinking about dick. <laughs> no, no, you started talking about the Chinese professor, and I started thinking about Hunter Biden just, you know, setting up all this shit with China. And then yep. how the Bidens just work straight up with China. And yep. how the leaks came from, a, from China, from an anti-CCP uh, group and now I can't find them. <laughs> like yeah, I can't find. I haven't uh, done a deep dive looking for them either. But when the cucumber meme came out this week, you know, and Trump started talking about cucumbers, and then um, someone made a cucumber with M and M's on it, and I was like, damn, we need the original reference picture. Oh. Have they scrubbed the internet of that? Like they was it like, that is somebody's penis. Seriously, is my eyes deceiving me? This is a big guy's. Son's penis. That was a big thing. Uh, quite a sex scandal in the history of history. I probably. mean, he, he may be a piece of shit, but he did have a hog on him. Yeah. Well, there was so there was more than one sex scandal going on there too. It's like, wow. Right. Well, damning yeah. information being found out there. Crack sex, meth sex, hooker sex, child, uh, young sex? cousin sex. Yeah. Exactly. Young, or young niece sex. <laughs> Young relative, like, um, what the fuck? Potentially uh, Obama's it was like kid being involved. like <laughs> The spiciest political sex scandal that got the least legs ever. Like, what is up with that? What is up with that? I don't know. That's good. I don't know. Our media. Yeah. I mean, our media is just bought and paid for, dude. Our media is gross as fuck. It is. Just nasty. Yeah. I mean, we all know that firsthand. Yes, that's why we listen to podcasts. That's right. And I still, to this day, I'm sur surprised I survived J school. You did? You even graduated early. I did. That's the only way I got through. I got an email warning me of expulsion 
before my um, diploma came in the mail, like a week before. And once I had that diploma, I said, doesn't matter. Ha <laughs> ha. Nobody believes I was able to do it. Why? Because I was the top signature on a petition to get rid of a city council person and some fucking idiot, well, not an idiot, someone who had it out for me, a photojournalist at the school, took a picture of the petition put it on the front page. So there's my big ol' signature right there on the front page of the student newspaper. I got it done. Yeah. And we fought hard. We did. We did get that bitch out of the city we council, did. too. We uh, recalled a city council member. And you know why? She flip-flopped on weed. You don't do that with no. activists like us. No. <laughs> No, you don't promise that you'll be a cool weed vote and then we vote no on the weed. Because yeah. if you do, we will come for you and we will get you the fuck out of that seat. Just like we did to Ginny Chadwick. That was fun. That's was actually, fun. Uh, there's some old Bulls, uh, classic Bull After Bull episodes about that. I'm, yes, there is. I haven't posted a classic <laughs> episode in a while. I wonder if I read my expulsion Mainly because email I forgot. On any of them. Because that was. Let's see what the oldest one is. I was just like. Don't tell me. I trudged all this way through J school and you're not going to just give me the fucking piece of paper. It goes back to 19 right now on the website. And 19 is all about Tobacco 21. So that was her pet project. Yep. Raising the age to buy tobacco to 21. (laughs) And then Recall Chadwick is episode 20. Real Leaders Recall Chadwick. So that was when the uh, fight was first starting. And Tobacco 21 was... So stressful working at a head shop at the time because they started sending in all their little... Like, you would just see these kids that never come into head shops all of a sudden being like, can I get a pack of smokes? And I was like, "Mm, probably not. Can I see your ID? (laughs) Oh, you're not 21, so you don't know the new rules. And it's just like, fuck that. I don't like being that person. But I was like, come on, dude. Like, head shops got regulars, okay? like (laughs) Or someone's cool as fuck when they come in. That's how it goes. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you have smokes? Like, no, I don't have fucking smokes for you. <laughs> Sorry, kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, that yeah. was so much fun. Hey, I had one more uh, magic number story. Hey, right before you do that, I want to make oh, yeah. a little plug. Plug uh, away. Because we do have a voicemail one. Call 816-607-3663 and the play of Uh, If you call the voicemail line to discuss anything and everything, uh, we do have a first time I ever, which is the first time I ever went camping. Short and sweet and awesome and memorable. Camping, you know, out in nature, sleeping under the stars in God's wilderness. If you'd like to chime in, uh, you know what to do, 816-607-DOOF. We'll get Doof. you to the uh, voicemail line. And if you're voice shy, you can always text. Um, just don't put M&Ms on your dick and text us a picture of that. Lorian is why? Eye- eyebrows up. I'll make you <laughs> some like, art out of it. She's like, why not? I'm not a dick. Okay. <laughs> well, whether it's nerds or whether it's gobstoppers on like, your dick, what you can send put- whatever you want to the text line. What if you put M&Ms on your tits? You wouldn't have no problem with that. No, M&M's. No fucking M&M's. Oh, okay. It's already been done. New candy. You put Andy's mints on your dick. I'll take a look. Gummy okay? worms. I'll take a look. Weed on your dick. You could wrap up <laughs> Twizzler around your nuts, and I'll take a look. 
but uh, the Eminem thing's been done. So you're just an unoriginal bastard if you if you send me that. Unless you send me the original Hunter dick. Because oh, yeah. I don't know where the hell that went. It's been scrubbed from the internet as far as I can tell. Yeah. Net Net has crunchy M&Ms. Um, if you bite them in half so we can see the pretzel, <laughs> I'll consider it. But Lorian's going to screen all the dicks. Oh, yeah. To tell me which one's worth looking at and not. You never know until you find out. That's what my old man always said. <laughs> So, uh, the main 33 headline that I'm pretty sure everyone saw was that 33 million Californians under stay-at-home order as coronavirus cases and hospitalizations climb. I saw that Californians also were getting those emergency text messages saying this shit like, stay home, coronavirus is on the rise. It's just like, seriously... Shelter in place. Hide under okay. your bed. Put your head in your refrigerator because Corona is coming. Let coronavirus die, just like all the supposed people that died from it. Just, ugh. it's just so old. I mean, it's kind of sucks in a personal way now, at least for the NA community, because tonight uh, Darren O'Neill announced that his uncle died of Corona. Oh shit. Yeah. Well. So now that's fun, because now it's like that sucks that your uncle died. I'm sorry that your uncle died. Yes. I would suck if my uncle died. Um, Even the cool ones, especially. And, like, this guy seemed like a cool uncle. But then you want to ask, you know, like, uh, you know, was your uncle bad? He said it was coughing for a while and he just didn't go in. Which, of course, I mean, that's how I would do it. Yeah. If I got a coof, I'm going to handle it on my own. And then if it get, you know, if it gets too bad, what? I guess you can develop pneumonia. I mean, what are they going to do in there? They're going to put you on a ventilator and... Well, then you're more likely to die. That's what it used to be at the beginning. So, I don't know. Supposedly, they figured out the pressure and, like, backed the pressure off and got the pressure settings right. I don't really know. I don't trust them. I don't trust them either, and that's a problem. That's a problem with where we're at right now is, like, the medical community, the medical community, has lied to us and has so much to gain for so long that what the fuck are we supposed to do? I don't trust these people at all. No. I trust them for putting together, like, repairing physical damage. I'll go in. If I'm bleeding and I need to be sewn back together, or if my limb is broken and I need it to be set, then I will go to these motherfuckers. But, like, for, like, medical stuff, like, I've got a cough or I have a headache or my vision's weird or, like, I don't know, if I have weird symptoms that I can't explain, I don't know. I just don't trust these people, man. I do not trust them at all. Definitely not with my life. Yeah. So what am I going to do, you know? If it was, if it's Rona, it's easy for me. I'm a young asshole. Like, uh, I'll just stay home and right. eat soup. and Sleep it out. Yeah, just fall asleep until I feel better. I mean, and sw- back in the swine flu season, I think that was what? Was that 2010? Somewhere around there. 2009. Obama administration. It was early Obama, and I was in the dorms, and I was lucky enough to have a single dorm. I didn't have any roommate or nothing, so I got sick as fuck during that, and I don't know if it was swine flu or not. I know it's like one of the top three times I've been sick, for sure. I had a fever, but it never broke like like high 103s, and I was like, you know, I think 105s when you start getting like brain damage and shit, and it's like really bad. But anytime it was like starting to climb... I would just get in a cold shower, cool myself down, force myself to cool down, like, physically. Um, and then I'd just puke and sweat it out. And I was in my dorm for three days. Like, I didn't leave except for to go downstairs to get, like, some food and then pop back up. But I didn't really fucking leave. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't go to any classes. Yeah. And I sure shit didn't go to get a test or tell anybody, like, oh, I might be 
some kind of infected spreader of quarantinable proportions. Like, no, just leave me be. That's ridiculous. I mean, the things that these people can do to you. And now they, they just psychologically torture people into, you know, you get the sniffles and the cough. Now you got to go get a test. Now you got to go have a swab. Now you got to go subject yourself to this PCR quote unquote test where they won't even tell you what the cycle threshold is. They won't tell you anything about it. They'll just say, oh, you are tested positive for the coronavirus. Well, which at this point means nothing to it doesn't mean right. anything because like it, without that other information, without a cycle threshold, you you don't know what it means. It doesn't really translate into anything. And you got workplaces that are requiring the test. And it's like, okay, it's just a matter of time until you get a positive, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I would imagine so. And then after you get that positive, you got to keep taking the test so that you can know when you can come back. And then that's just creating more positive numbers. Yeah, I mean, uh, my sister had to take three or four before she finally popped a positive, but she got it done. Yeah, like, and she's fine. She's fine. She's fine. I mean, you're always fine till you're not. You know. Well, but like it's not like I have a. It's not like I have all the answers, but I do have a lot of questions and nobody seems to want to even talk questions. You know, that's what's that's what's really disturbing about it. Like if I have concerns and people are just going to say that I'm a fucking conspiracy theorist just for having like normal fucking regular concerns. I can't wait till they're putting the vaccine everywhere and the CVS is in the Walgreens, you know, fucking Trumpy's all jitty about that. I'm not really that crazy about it, to be honest with you. No. That's where me and Trumpy part ways, you know? It's not like I'm up the dude's ass six feet. No. Because when he's talking about this big, beautiful vaccine, uh, you can keep it the big, beautiful fuck away from me. Exactly. I'm not into that. No. And of course, he, you know, he's not going to force anybody to take it, and he's not going to force lockdowns, and he's been clear on that, which is good. He's like one of the sanest voices in that in that regard. But he's Dick. still he's still sales shill in the vaccine, which I'm not into and I'm not taking. I don't think it makes him a bad person. Realistically, do I even think he has a choice? Probably not. Realistically, politically, probably not. Probably no choice. But I don't care. <laughs> it's still, you know, I still disagree, even though it's politically. I mean, that's the same thing with weed, you know? I don't think there should be any weed laws at all. Is that politically viable? No. But it's still my belief, and it's still what's right. I don't care. It's just that's just how it is. Just the way it is. Hey. Yeah. And man, my condolences go out to Darren O and his family. Yeah. That sucks. It does suck for sure, man. It's hard losing family members. You're going to roll one up for you and your uncle. Hell it's tough, yeah. man. It's tough because it's easy to be flippant about it until it goes into somebody, you know, personally. And then... But uh, even then... It, did you die with coronavirus, but of something else? Like, did it cause right. complications with did other you die medical from conditions? Corona or with corona? Right. And was it's, it corona? Was it flu? Was it another strain? Like, and the sad fact is, we probably will never know. No one will ever know. Yeah. Guar yeah. No one will ever know, unless you physically are a lab tech and have all this shit yourself from from, and I'm talking like you'd have to manufacture the kit yeah. yourself. No, nobody's going to know. Nobody's going to know. You're at the mercy of people you will never, ever meet that you have to trust. It's fucking nuts. There was a time in this country when you could just eat plants and get better. <laughs> yeah, still, uh, it could still be that way. Yeah, well. You can still look into medicinal herbs and I'm, take care of yourself. <laughs> I like pills with side effects, personally. I like my kidneys and liver oh, destroyed. Gosh. This is one thing I love about um, our midwife. <laughs> she's such an herbalist like any problem she's like don't take Tylenol take this and this and you know 
use crushed leaves of this or whatever so crunchy i'm just like hell yeah cheryl yeah. you go when we first met her like we talked about weed and she's just like well you can t- oh, i can't remember what it, oh, the name of that herb is but she was like well you know you can take this if you want to kind of feel high but it's you know not weed oh yeah not smoking i'll think of it in a minute christian but- hippies are always saying that stuff I can't really remember the name of it at this current time. Well, the problem with one of the... Is it like Valerian Root? Valerian Root, yeah. that's right. Yeah, she's a, she's a Valerian Root pusher. Valerian, <laughs> man. It's like, okay, I've, Valerian's cool. I've I've had Valerian Root. I've even rolled it into joints, uh, along with a lot of different herbs, actually. And, uh, you know, it's never going to be weed. Right. Um, They're two I've had it brands. in teas, too. I mean, it's all right. It ain't bad. <laughs> it ain't... It, it you know what it's sort of like the CBD thing in a, in a little bit of ways. It's like okay, if I uh, close my eyes and really like listen, I can kind of see something's like kind of a little mellow. Yeah. But fuck, I, I've been getting stoned my whole adult life, you know, and there's nothing like that. There's nothing like that. Well, weed, she- weed is weed, and there's no replacement for it. There's nothing better than it. There's nothing that will do the same thing, and uh, fuck, no wonder it's illegal. It's fucking wonderful. But she, uh, our midwife, you know, she's done her research on weed too, and she'll say like, you know, it, there's n- this, there's been lots of studies done over time. The medical community doesn't like to talk about that in America, right? Um, but there's bajillions of studies out there, and when it comes to pregnancy and stuff, she's like, it's not going to have an ill effect on your baby. Your baby's going to be fine. However. Heavy weed smokers, like people who just smoke weed all day, every day while they're pregnant, she says the placenta looks like a smoker's placenta. Which makes sense. And they sense. come out yeah, I mean, dark. Yeah. You're still drawing, um, you know, they like to call it tar. Uh, we stoners call it resin because it's resin and it's still medicine. But, you know, it's the black sticky shit. And uh, that's going to get into your system and it's going to go somewhere, you know. But, yeah, that was like when we first interviewed her back in... Wow, was that 2016, 2017? And uh, she was just like, yeah, yeah. She's like, I have lots of moms with the weed smoke placentas. Yeah, she told us basically not to do it, but that it, what you know what I mean? Like, she wasn't like a, she's like, I recommend you don't do it, you know? She's really good at suggesting alternatives too. Like, mm-hmm. cause I was like, well, what if I'm nauseous all the time? And with my first pregnancy, I puked all the time. It was awful. It was all day sickness instead of just morning sickness. But she was like, well, try this, try this, try this. And, like, for heartburn, she was like, oh, um, papaya enzyme. <laughs> like, just these random things. She's like, don't take arenidine. Well, that you can't take that anymore. But, you know, don't take, like, the belly pills. Try paprika, paprika enzyme. Spark one up. Crunchies. I call her a crunchy. But I just, like, uh, any uh, any person that has to do with, like, the medical field who agrees to just leave you alone to make your own decision isn't going to, like, fuck with you about it. And, that you know, especially in a state with Missouri, well, that's what someone a professional that's not does. going to report your ass to CPS. That's what a professional does. A professional will give you advice and allow you to make your own decision. Like, as a, as a real estate agent, I can tell people what I would do and what I think they should do, but as a true professional... I always have to also emphasize that the indecision is my client's. It's not mine. I can't just say, 
well, I know you want to list your house for $20,000 more than it's worth, but I'm not going to let you. No. No. I can just be like, hey, I know that you want to list it for this. Really, based on everything else that's sold, it's probably worth more than this. And, you know, the higher the you list it, the longer it's going to take us to get this thing off our hands. Yada, yada, yada. I can, you know, try to give them a little bit of reality. But I also have to say that the final decision is yours. So if you want to list it $50,000 over, there's nothing I can really do. I mean, I can just say I'm not going to work with you. I can just say, well, sorry, goodbye. But I can't say, no, we're doing it like this against their will. You know, can't do that. And that's how it should be with the medical community, you know? Yes. You shouldn't you shouldn't go to the hospital and then just because you walked in the door and signed up the clipboard, then you're their toy for the rest of whatever they want to put you through. Fuck that. That's how it ends up well, being a lot of the time, you know? Yeah, and that's... In the weed community, that's always been uh, a huge topic for, like, pregnant moms is if you end up in the hospital... If they take your blood, if they take your urine, and they see THC in it, a lot of states, they have to just immediately report that to CPS. That's how it works now. Then you get check-ins with those crazy people. Fuck. One of those situations where the uh, solution is worse than the problem. Right. The perceived problem of child abuse in this country. And there's plenty of child abuse, don't get me wrong. It's just that, like, a lot of Americans use pot and are not abusive to their kids. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say I would say a lot of parents should use pot to not be abusive to their kids because they would just chill out and be like, oh, you know what, my kids are actually really funny. They're annoying, but they're really funny. Yes, I agree. Stoners were jumping up and down for joy this week after history was made on the house floor. Yes, indeed. With the Moore Act being voted on and passed. Of course, we know it will not make it out of Senate. Woo! So, <laughs> you know, it's just a show. Just, yep. just a distraction. Because remember... An, another entry on the timeline. It was on the slate to be voted on about a month, I think, before election day. And they were like, yeah, yeah, pretty sure we're voting on it this week. We report on it. We were like, looking forward to this vote. No. no. They had to postpone it. And they were like, COVID is our priority, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, COVID's not gone. And you managed to pull it out now. Right. Distraction what, campaign. What, what haven't cut anybody a check over it. Right. That's not even figured out. So full of shit politicians. Imagine that, right? Like, seriously. They told us something and they didn't mean it. Now, when I first went on uh, the House.gov website, they had different numbers than what was being reported everywhere else for who voted. And they finally line up. So there were five Republican Republicans that voted for, six Democrats that voted against. And then everybody else was party line. Yes. There was a lot of abstain non-votes on the Republican side too, wasn't there? I feel like I I'd saw have that. to look again. I feel like I saw that. We'll check. We'll funniest, check, uh, funniest part of the more act to me is that they would replace the term marijuana or marijuana with an H with cannabis. Yep. Justice. Oh, that's that's just. <laughs> yeah. On on everywhere that it's mentioned in the whole federal uh, code. They want to replace marijuana and marijuana as it is referred to. They want to uh, make interchangeably it- with cannabis, which I don't know. I guess I don't really have a fucking opinion on it, honestly. I just think it's symbolically stupid. I think they're trying to make it the M word. Well, they've yeah. And fuck that. No, no, words don't have power over us. I mean, they're there has words. been a segment of the Stoner Club for a long time, like ever since I've been in. So definitely before that, that have. Treat it, that have said that basically marijuana is like 
saying any other slur. Like they're calling it like a slur. And uh, there's other guys that say, no, marijuana is a definition of, you know, the fl- the flowering part of the cannabis plant. Like the marijuana is the buds. The marijuana is the part you smoke. So for me, I don't really care. It's all semantic. We know what you mean. I think we've talked about this before. I prefer weed. Weed is pretty easy. Weed is nice. Pot uh, is a fun one. Um, I say cannabis more often than marijuana, but I don't really say, I think uh, both of those are equally stupid and take too long to say. Yeah. Weed. It's weed. (laughs) It's weed. And if it ain't weed, it's just pot then. Uh, next year the NBA won't be testing their players for weed. They'll probably still get tested for Rona, but they (laughs) won't be tested for weed. When you first said (laughs) they're not testing their players, I immediately thought about Corona. I I was like, oh, that's pretty quick. And and the NBA is the first one to do that? doesn't seem right. I realized as soon as I said it, was it testing in this current time period? Yeah, piss testing for weed. Well, that's good. No one should piss test for weed. Fuck that. Good for the NBA for doing one thing, right? (laughs) In the last decade. Yeah, I don't have a dog in that fight. But baby steps. So first the NBA, NBA then yes. the rest of the millionaire players, you know, we really have to need get tested. A, some kind of a soundbite for it to step in the right direction. <laughs> Seriously. Because I'm sick of saying it. Me too. But it'd be funny if I had a button to hit that said it instead. Yeah, we could just record ourselves saying, I mean, shit, just go back in an episode and find a baby steps or. You can't. Jerry, you can. <laughs> we do it every episode. So well, that's good. We're taking a step in the right direction every single week <laughs> here on Bowl After Bowl. Damn, I stepped on you by laughing. You're fired. No, you can't clip it. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Guess you'll have to find a new wife. You can't. Find a new wife. That's tough in Lerona times. Yeah. I'm not in the market. No, me neither. <laughs> I'm staying. I'm finishing my life with this husband. <laughs> what? So... In 2019, Colorado legalized delivery, weed delivery, uh, with the passage of House Bill 1234. Oh, neat. Yeah, that was easy for me to remember. (laughs) (laughs) But um, in the bill, it leaves it up to the municipalities to individually decide if they're going to allow it or not. Yeah, that's how most of these are written. They're just now getting around to it. I know um, Aurora, Colorado will be voting on delivery later this month. Um, I haven't read too deep into Aurora to see if they have like any draft bills out to be read, but Denver, man, Denver, uh, the division of excise and licenses produced some draft bills on yesterday to overhaul the local industry. They're just like, okay, uh, they want to make a framework to launch the delivery system in the limits. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's going to be licensed, obviously. But for the first six years, they're copying Massachusetts' lead, and they're only allowing jobs for all licenses in Denver, not just transporters, but to open a dispensary or to be a cultivator. For the first six years, licenses will only be available to those who qualify as social equity applicants. Dang. Now, unlike Massachusetts, Colorado... They're going to get sued over that. They have a definition of social equity that was available and easy to find. Sure. They define a social equity applicant as someone who has been arrested or convicted of a weed offense Hmm. or has a relative who has been arrested or convicted. 
someone who has experienced asset forfeiture due to a weed-related investigation, someone who has lived in an economic opportunity zone for at least 15 years between 1980 and 2010, or someone whose household income falls 50 cent, uh, 50% below the state median. Hmm. So, yeah, I it's it's um a wider range than what I imagined, but not like <laughs> you're I, cutting out a lot of people, man. Here's what I like about it. I like that it's specifically targeted and I like that it's specifically targeted at the victims of the law that has been changed. Right. It's basically reparations for our people, the yeah. weed people, which is a, a very it's an incredibly diverse makeup. It's not <laughs> you can't draw that by racial lines. It's touched us all. The obvious fucking red flag is there's no way that this isn't an equal protection violation, you know? And, you know, everyone should be able to have access to the market. And so to make the license, the licensees based on this for a whole industry, it just doesn't really make economic sense to me. Like, there should be certain criteria. And if you want to add that to the criteria and weight it, like bonus points sure. in the scoring process. I'm all for that. But to say that this is a gate and if you aren't this person, you can't even get through the gate, that seems to me like a violation of some kind of equal protection for everybody yeah. that you're guaranteed. Agreed. And for six years, like... I think they're going to get sued over it personally. Well, you know, they haven't voted on it yet, so... We'll right. See. It's just a draft have to pass bill. and get through, but... <laughs> It seems like a trend. It seems like a lot it's of places are going to start trying to do this sort of thing. So while it is important that restitution of some kind is made to uh, the victims of these crimes, I think it needs to be made in terms of, you know, deletions of records and things like that. Like cleaning Expungement. expungements. Um, I personally am for that for all the nonviolent offenses. Yeah. It's not really anybody's business what kind of chemicals you're putting in. To your body and there's a lot of them that you shouldn't but i mean that ranges from meth all the way to fucking household products like bleach that you can get you know like there's plenty of things that you shouldn't put in yourself but the answer to people who do is not to like criminalize them all right that doesn't make any sense it's a it's a health issue i would say both physically and mentally a health issue what kind of medicines you take what kind of things you put in your body and uh you're going to either need a doctor or psychiatrist or some sort of a medical person to be handling advice on that. But ultimately, you have your own sovereignty. You should be able to make your own final decisions. I'm like, throwing your life away is not a great thing to do, but... But you're free to do it. You are free to do it. You have the freedom to do that if you so choose. I would advise against it. All the people that I love, I tell not to do that, you know? Yeah. But I don't, like... But you also I don't like... cut them out of my life. I don't think that they're a bad person. I don't hate them. I don't have ill will toward them. I don't want to, like, punch them in the face or throw their shit in the river you know i don't want to intervene on them i don't want to tell on them i don't want to force them to change their life usually friends who are addicts i usually just say like and i love you you know and i've seen too many people ultimately not come back from that so like just don't you know don't do that and if you need to hang out or talk or like Right, because environment has a lot to do with environment. addiction. It's Envi pretty much it. <laughs> environment is so key. It's so key. So if you can Whether it's get them out for a bit or... I mean, it's your physical environment, but it's also your mental. And, like, you can't get out of your apartment if you have a lease. You can't really get out of where you sleep, uh, at least not easily. Although some people need to make long-term plans to do so, especially if you're with, like, an abusive person or... 
you're just in a situation that um, is overall unhealthy, you know, a physical one. But um, barring that, also, you know, if you can't get out of that or if it's not necessarily that that's the problem, also a phone call or a text or whatever. Yeah. The difference of changing your mental environment, changing who you're checking in with. Just check in, period. Checking in. It's important. Keeping in contact and knowing that people out there care about you, you know, because everybody, everybody has that. Even, even on the smallest level, there's something out there. And if you're running out of that, you know, this is, you got, you got to start building it. If you don't have anybody you can turn to or anybody that you think you can turn to, well, you got to start building it, man. Starts with yourself because you have to build yourself up and you can't be mean to yourself. You have to pump yourself up, motivate yourself because you're the only one in charge of yourself. You're making your final decisions. But also, you can't really blame, like, everybody else if you don't have anybody to talk to. It's like, well, who do you, who are you reaching out to talk to? That's always my favorite. Somebody has, like, a grudge for a long time, and they'll be like, yeah, this person has never called me in 10 years. Oh, jeez. And it's and like, like, when did wow, you call well, that's them? that's probably the exact number of times you called them, too. <laughs> huh? Yeah, Like, exactly. that's neat. That's like the age-old question, who didn't take the trash out? Everyone <laughs> didn't take the trash out. That's why it hasn't been taken out. It's like, everyone on earth didn't take the trash out including you asking right yeah that's always been one of my favorites yeah man there are a lot of suicides in our area over the weekend i saw written about um and the lockdown is not helping right of course and yeah i'm sure there's some crazy uh numbers on addiction and stuff going on right now too but if you live in a legal state weed businesses are pretty (laughs) much open and you know yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not shutting down the liquor it stores helps. or the weed. <laughs> it, helps. it helps. I still love that. It was a simple one. Simple and clean. Um, yeah, so uh, back to the Colorado delivery there. Um, for the first three years uh, that they're doing weed deliveries, businesses would have to hire a third party. And then after that, they can have in-house delivery people. I thought that was kind of... Interesting. So a third party being so like, like a, a company that's a transport company. I got you. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That seems kind of weird to me. It's wild. I was like, I why can't you just have delivery people? Like a pizza place. It's like Pizza Hut doesn't have to call Uber Eats to deliver its pizza. You know, it just doesn't, it doesn't make much sense. Right. Plus, you create more jobs. You could have delivery companies, and then you could have in-house delivery positions. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. And the... Yeah, the laws seem to needlessly complicate a lot of stuff. Yeah, they sure do. Imagine that. Always have. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, you know, Denver would still have the weed purchase limit of an ounce a day. And delivery, according to this draft, would only be available between the hours of 8 a.m. and midnight. So... That seems reasonable yeah, enough. That's, the, l- that's later than almost everybody else is open. They had two um, hospitality <laughs> bill drafts on Monday, and they both um, wrote in uh, parts that would allow public consumption, mm. which, in my opinion, should just be in the original bills that passed the state legalization stuff. Yeah, yeah but I whatever. Mean, <laughs> this is where we are. <laughs> I've been advocating for public consumption um uh, allowances for a very long time very long time uh, i have a bar background and so i mean i i grew as an adult baby i grew up in bars basically you know from the time i went to college i was in hanging out in bars so there has to be some sort of outlet that's the same for 
for cannabis, for weed, for pot in that in that same vein. Because when I went out to Portland, I'll, I always talk about it because it was like a place and a time that was very small and short. But the Cannabis Cafe in Portland, Oregon, man, that was the most beautiful social environment I've ever been in. I think before or since just where you can go in and it's all strangers, but it's all love, you know, and you're all smoking. It's like, um, it's like very much like a no agenda meetup in a certain way where the people are pre-screened to be your people just because of what everyone's showing up for. A lot of hobby stuff. If you ever do like a hobby meetup, like some guys get really into Frisbee golf and that might as well be the stoner club too, honestly. But, um, all things like that, they automatically breed this sense of camaraderie and that sense of like we're already all in this together that and you know to say that that's disallowed for whatever reason for pot even though you're going to roll back all the other laws concerning it and you can have it so now you can have it but you have to fucking hide in your basement to use it like it's, it's absurd you know i don't understand why you can't use like a, a loophole where like if you have all the windows covered in tapestries or something and the public can't see into your establishment then it's would be okay that would be cool <laughs> i mean really i could see maybe having ventilation requirements um i have my own idea for how it could totally be done but i don't really want to talk about it on a podcast i feel you well hopefully in 2022 nebraska will finally be making some moves towards being a freer state and having the weed um so if you recall for this election um Nebraska got totally screwed out of their weed initiative Yep. when a sheriff decided to um, bring a lawsuit, which went to the Supreme Court, who then struck it down on a legal technicality, saying you can't have two issues in one initiative, Right. I guess. Um, and they were citing the two issues as being able to buy weed and being able to grow weed. <clears throat> now, it's a very important that home grow is a part of these laws when they're initially passed. Yeah. Because that's something that a few places are fighting to try and get now. And, like, <laughs> huge opening for some legal shenanigans if you, you know, don't open that door right away. Yeah, the the patients especially need to be protected because that's people who oftentimes, um, the extreme patient cases that I've met over the years who need the stuff all the time, I mean, there were there were federal uh, there was a federal program that started I think in the late seventies or early eighties, but it went on for a very long time. The government would give you like three hundred joints a month. Um, I think everybody had a sort of slightly different prescription for what they worked with, but basically it started by they sent all these people through a study. They kind of proved the efficacy of weed as a drug for these people, these certain people, and like the guy that I met the most times was Irv Rosenfeld. He got a big metal tin of joints, 300 joints sent to him every single month from the federal government that was all grown at the, what was it, I think at the University, University of Mississippi, Mississippi right? right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the University of Mississippi was the only place legally growing the pot. And for decades, they sent it to him <laughs> in the tin. All these people were grandfathered into this program. So as they died off, they died off. And Yeah, Irv I mean, is still around, right? I think so. The last time I checked, there's only like three left, um, three federal medical patients left. But Irv had like a bone condition where he'd have to smoke 10 joints a day. Wow. And so he would just smoke these joints, 10 joints a day. And he's lucky because he's, he's on the federal program, so he can get that. But the people that need weed, they need a lot of weed typically. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the cancer patients make what's called 
Phoenix Tears or RSO, Rick Simpson oil, and they'll apply it topically or they'll eat it. It's a very powerful, concentrated medicine. It takes a lot of plant material to make it, you know? And so the only practical way for those kinds of patients to, you know, just cultivate the medicine that they need, it's only them using it. They're using it because they're sick. They're using it because it helps them get better. The home grow way is the only way to go for those people. And if you can't protect those people, you cannot protect anybody in this whole chain up top to bottom, you know? They are the most vulnerable and the most in need. Like, me, I could go without weed. Done it. I can do it. Do it all the time. But those people can't do that. They don't have that luxury. No. So Nebraska is following in South Dakota's footsteps. They're going to try and put medical and recreational on the ballot. So That's what's up. I think everybody yep. should do that. I think so, too. It makes sense to have both, too, just in the current landscape. Just because it's uh, different needs, and I guess, you know, access needs to be treated differently. Although, if you could just roll both of them completely back, that's kind of where I'd like to be. Yeah, like, just no laws on weed, like you said. Yeah, because then people can regulate it however the hell they want. They can, you know... I mean... They can have some. And it would be incredibly cheap at that point. Are there laws on lettuce? <laughs> I'm sure there's some. At a certain level, probably, like, you can't produce this much lettuce without a license, you know. I mean, but there's uh, so many salmonella and different E. coli outbreaks in lettuce that you'd think there's probably some kind of bullshit regulations on everything. Ah. Grow your own lettuce. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but still be free to go to a store and buy it if you so choose. Yep, yeah, yeah, that's a that's about it from all my weed news this week. Fantastic. But yeah, it was co it's cool when weed becomes like the headline, like a national hot topic, and the stuff happens, like the more act for just for that reason, just to remind people, hey, the war on drugs is still alive, and we're all, you know, under it, <laughs> like we're right. all living through it right now. Mm -hmm. Federally, not legal, no matter where you are. It's true. We point it out frequently. I was pointing out the first time that I ever went camping, which was a very long time ago, actually. So I came up in Cub and Boy Scouts, but Cub Scouts didn't really do a lot of camping. Camping, hmm. they. It was more of one of Boy Scouts when I got into, like, actually outdoor camping. Although I did do, like, a summer camp situation for Cub Scouts, I think, two different years. But the first time I ever went camping was just with my fam. And I'm pretty sure... I'm, we've, we went a number of different places, but the one that stands out the most was a place kind of in the Ozark Valley that um, had this little creek going through it. I said little creek. It was a nice, big, <laughs> wide creek. And... I was maybe seven or eight, so it came up past my belly button, you know, in the deeper parts. And we went at a time when, like, the tadpoles and frogs were all changing, and oh, they were just cool. fucking everywhere. And so in the stream, they had all the different stages, the tadpoles. You'd have the ones with just the back legs. You'd have the ones with all four legs. you have ones that just had, like, you could tell they still barely had their tail, but they looked mostly like frogs, just frogs with tails. They had them at all stages. It was wild. That's it was awesome. the coolest thing. And we went fishing, and we just, like, stand in the creek. That was the first time I ever stood in a creek and fished, too. Like, you just throw a line kind of in a different part, but you're still standing in the water. Yeah. It's pretty cool. How old were you? Probably seven or eight, I'm guessing. Okay. Something like that. We got a text, too. All right. We got a text from Farmer Todd. Farmer Todd. Farmer Todd says, Camping. When I was a kid, we never had any time to go anywhere. Because we had this huge farm and we just had to work all the time. Making hay, we were still doing small square bales at the time, probably thirty to 40,000 bales a summer. It was grueling, mid-90s. And we were in our early teens. We would steal a few beers and go camping on the outskirts of the farm. 
and we'd make a fire and drink a few old Milwaukee pounders. Trust me, at 13, I needed like one. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes we made our own corncob pipes, and we were smoking cherry vanilla tobacco. I can see you're a man of class and taste, Farmer Todd. My mom caught us once and thought we were snorting coke, lol. (laughs) She was a teacher, so she she saw a lot of shit. We had a cheap sleeping bag. We had cheap sleeping bags and never had a tent. Just made a lean-to with wood poles and a tarp. Fun as hell. Hell yeah. I've done the lean-to a couple of times. Sometimes we go on, like, themed campouts. Like, you go either backpacking or you go, like, survival camping. So, you do some interesting stuff. It's amazing what you can pull off with one tarp and one sleeping bag. And hopefully some rope, I guess. It'd be always. It's always good to have rope. Gotta have rope. Gotta have rope. Gotta, gotta know gotta, how to tie knots. Tie knots. <laughs> That's a bad motherfucker who knows how to tie good knots. Mm. <laughs> well, I know that firsthand. Mm-hmm. My first time I ever went smoking was with, uh, smoking. <laughs> the first time I ever went camping was with you. Wow, I am really high. <laughs> Busted. Man, I was eighteen. You so with me? That was your first time camping. Yeah, I mean, like I hung out in the woods. Went to, like, some night parties in the woods, but didn't stay, like, didn't sleep over, didn't yeah. sleep out in the wilderness. So the first time I, you know, had the experience of staying in a tent overnight was your 22nd birthday party that I threw for you at the river, just, mm. like, outside of Columbia. That's funny. I thought you were going to die that night. <laughs> <laughs> because I was all we right. were, yeah, you were totally fine. Pretty drunk. Spoiler alert, totally fine. But we were staying right on the edge of this cliff, and we were building the bonfire. It's a riverbank. Okay. I mean, how how high up were we? Maybe a good 15, 20 feet. Okay. On a steep bank, not a straight drop (laughs) bank, mind you, but I mean. I didn't look over the edge, you know me. (laughs) It's a good good riverbank, but it wasn't like we were camping on the edge of the Grand Canyon or anything. Okay, but the way this went down was we were making the fire. We had a bunch of friends there, and more people were showing up by the minute. And then you st- you started walking backwards, and it was just like a Looney Tunes cartoon, man. <laughs> like It's like you hung in the air for a second, and then I just saw your hair go fly up, and you just went straight down. I was like, oh, no, he's broken. He's busted. And we all just were like, oh, my gosh. You okay, run to the edge. You're just like, yeah, I'm fine. I guess I did look over the edge because I remember you hanging on to that branch that was like <laughs> sticking out. You're yeah. pretty far down there, but you caught yourself on that branch and didn't land in the water or anything. Yeah. Well, the thing was we had that campfire oh. going and it was just getting dusk. So we had the campfire going and, you know, I'd been drinking all day and it was my birthday and we had a keg out there. And so I was pretty hammered and I just kept like, you know, talking and moving in and out from the fire and shit and like all around the fire, rotating around the fire. So I had made my way to having my back toward that bank and the fire wasn't, fuck, it was probably not more than maybe 20 feet from the bank. So it wasn't far from the bank at all. So I'm just kind of stepping backwards and you only and, took like three or four steps. Well, I took one st- like decisive step when I fell. I just took like one big kind of st- <laughs> sure step backwards, just one full step. And it really was. It was like in the air. That's how it felt, just like how you described it looked, like a cartoon character where you like, like I felt like I froze in the air before I started falling. Like I st- was standing on ground in my mind, and then it was just like, but it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't a straight drop. It was like an angle, a very, very sharp, steep one that you can't really climb 
easily, but yeah. there was that tree there, and I just grabbed that little tree and hung yeah. on. And you know when you're drunk, you fall like a champion, like a gymnast? Yeah. Like, it's I don't true. know. I don't know how, but when you're just hammered, you fall so well. Just like a, like a baby or an acrobat falls. Just whoop, like fall and land on your feet. It's crazy. And that's kind of what I did. Only I spun around and got a little sand in my shoes and all this and that. But yeah, like a boss. First time camping. That's it. That's pretty cool. That was my first time. It was badass. We have a voicemail. First time someone camped. All right. Let's hear it. Or maybe not. You never can trust preview. Howdy, Booberry here. Hey, hey Booberry. First time I was ever camping, I believe it would have been 2006. It was the bicentennial anniversary of the Battle of Yorktown in Virginia. And we had, me and my family had just started doing American Revolutionary, uh, American Revolutionary War reenacting slash living history. And if it wasn't Yorktown, like one of the first events that we started camping out at the, at the battlegrounds would have been in this time frame. But Yorktown really stands out to me because it was balls ass cold. Yeah. I mean, we're talking like 15, 20 degrees for the whole fucking weekend. Uh, two mile march with fife and drums and the whole nine yards to Damn. this battleground ceremony and all this shit. That's dedication. But uh, it really stands out because this is like the heyday of when reenacting was really coming into a revival. So there was tons of people, tons of participants, tons of fucking um, viewers and spectators and stuff like that. And I just remember, like, the sounds of muskets going off in either directions for hundreds of yards. That shit was, shit was wild. That's tight. That's awesome. What a cool first time. Yeah, your first time was, like, in the past, almost in a way, fucking wild. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. The reenactment stuff is pretty cool. I've never done one of those things, it's but so uh, cool. I would do one. Uh, I've never done a blunt. I'd do one. I haven't been able to see a Jesse James reenactment, so let's make that <laughs> fucking happen. God damn, we should have done that pistol one. thing. Remember they said They're they were shooting, them. shooting off Colt 911 or 1911s. Or yeah, something. it's a regular event they have. So. Something older than that. I'm being fucking retarded, as usual. Yeah, I don't recall. Some some post-Civil War era Colt pistol, Colt revolver. I like guns, but I don't know a bunch of guns. Like cars, <laughs> like I know about the cars that I've had and that I have. I know about the guns that I've had and that I have. But I don't really know, like, I'm not like an encyclopedia. Some guys can just rattle shit off, man. It's wild. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know it deep like that. I know they do a shoot competition, and then they had like a lady shoot competition, and I was like, hell yeah. Let's do this. We'll make it happen. Yes. It's like a spring summer event. Key rack on the farm. Window. Um yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I've never I've been to reenactments, but I haven't yet to participate in I've been, one. I've been to a couple of Civil War reenactments. At the end of the ones I went to, they'd always have a guy come up and tell people not to play with blanks and play with guns and then they'd shoot like a pop can with a blank and destroy it. I mean, they'd shoot it at point blank range, but you'd be like, see, you can hurt yourself on blanks. I mean, it's true. Still spraying out gunpowder, you know? Mm. It just doesn't have a bullet in it. But I always thought that was cool. Teach the kids about gun safety. Every gun is loaded. That's what my grandpa used to always say. Just assume every gun is loaded. I know that much, Ned Ned. He's saying the 1911 was designed in 1911. That's why I knew it wasn't the right gun. That's why I corrected myself. Yeah, we're behind I, uh, the curtain here. Give us a break. <laughs> I'm only half retarded. I know you're half retarded. 
but I'm not. I'm not quite three quarters. Um. Did you see this story about the Oregon doctor? Smoking a bowl, sir. This doctor in Oregon um, was at a rally. I don't know which rally it was, but he ended up saying on the loudspeaker that like him and his team aren't afraid of the virus, and they kind of want to prove that it's all, uh, you know, mania. And so he said that they don't wear masks in his clinic. And... The medical board ended up suspending his license. Womp womp. Yeah. I don't know if I would make those statements and, you know, at that sort of venue. It's just like, yeah. My just put him on a podcast and, and then no one will like, no one will find out. That's what you got to do. That's the secret cheat code. Nobody understands that yet. You just put him on a podcast and slip him out to like the people who it's okay they hear it. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> yeah. else listens to this shit. It's good. It's true. It's true. It's, it's like exactly where we want to be. Uh, there's a Paw Patrol advent calendar, apparently, in this, uh, someone made this hilarious post where they pulled out two of the candies and they were like, oh my gosh, they're putting guns and grenades in it and posted a photo. And they, it kind of does look like a gun and a grenade, these chocolates, but the picture, the guy just flipped them upside down. It's actually an ice skate and an ornament. No, everybody wants to see some offensive shit in anything. They're just being funny. That's fun. Paw Patrol, you know, I got the police dog. Yeah, they should have like a taser one. Taser. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tase me, Chase. Oh, handcuffs. <laughs> no one gets in trouble in Adventure Bay. Spoiler alert. Like <laughs> I know. There's uh, certain characters always up to mischief, but then they just get rescued. <laughs> yeah. And never punished. I think he had to mow the lawn once. He had to do some like community service. This is a result of that. <laughs> That's right. Um, we haven't sent out our birth announcements yet. Our pregnancy announcements, I should say. Right. Uh, our close friends like to know agenda community, no. But, <laughs> but this family sent one out where they had their toddler sitting up on their kitchen counter with some uh, kitchen utensils wearing a big sister shirt. And they put, what do you call this board where you put the letters on it? A little chalkboard, I guess? It's not or? a chalkboard. It's like you have these letter cutouts and you stick them on oh, there. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you've used them for private events and stuff. They have the little felt cracks that you're jamming the letters into. Exactly. I don't know what they call them. A letter board? A letter board. I that guess. We'll go with it. Hopefully <laughs> everyone knows what we're talking about. So they've got this letter board and it says, recipe for a new baby. One cup kisses, two cups hugs, three cups cum. Bake until June 2021. Oh, my God. And they've got their toddler sitting next to this with, like, the kitchen utensils. And, uh... Three cups of cum. Yeah, first of all. That is a lot of cum, okay? Yeah. Do you know how long you'd have to save cum up for three cups of cum? Oh, my God. These people are <laughs> out of their minds, dude. There's a lot wrong with oh it. Oh, my God. It, it takes more than one cup of kisses. They could have been more subtle, like... <laughs> like one load, you know? Yeah, but I just... The whole thing is Shoot so, one like, load. But yeah. raunchy and lowbrow. I was like, ooh. Yeah, everybody knows... announcement to, like, your family and stuff, you know? like Yeah. Yeah, when you are doing it for a general audience, you want to just kind of be more, I don't know, low-key about it. Everybody knows where babies come from. <laughs> come on. Yeah. And if they don't, they are a baby, so... And this is coming from a looty boy, you know? Like, I'm not exactly Mr. Prude. I just... <laughs> There's a time and a place for that type of shit. Yeah. That's a strike. Like once uh I would say. A strike. In our little 
I mean, I got her. Oh my god, I said, yeah, thank you. It's <laughs> past my bedtime, I swear. Alright, what else you got then? Okay, uh, there was a team. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Thank you. Let's go bowling. There is a team um, doing some renovations to this old mill, the Roslyn Grist Mill in New York. And they found a milk bottle that had a letter in it and some coins. It was dated 1917. Whoa, 103 yeah. years old, huh? Yep. Um, Message in the bottle. It was penned by Stephen Speedling, who owned a carpentry shop in the city. Ooh. Um, and they were able to eventually uh, locate his granddaughter and pass it on to her. That's awesome. Yeah, man. parts of it were in Italian, if not all of it. They don't have like a transcription of what it says, just some pull-out quotes. But they had to go find someone to translate the Italian. Couldn't just type it into Google? <laughs> no, I guess not. <laughs> I'm just playing. Google Translate's okay. doesn't really convey the full meaning of what you're trying to get across. Um. Did you see this Tennessee couple that broke a record for, like, oldest frozen embryo Holy shit, to no. be birthed? Sure didn't. Yeah, they have a crazy story. So they were going through the in vitro process. And a few years back, they went through this where they adopted a frozen embryo that was 24 years old. Holy shit. And um, broke a re their, the record then. For the oldest one adopted? Yeah, for the oldest frozen embryo that's adopted and then birthed. Okay. Um, and then they found out that that baby they adopted, their daughter, she had an embryo sibling, which was this one, which was even older. Whoa. So the in time, when these embryos were donated, the older sister becomes the younger sister when birthed. Trippy. Damn, that's the sound of my mind being blown. Right? That's crazy, actually. And, like, these girls are just happy and healthy and adorable. So they're still out there having 90s kids, bro. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Fuck yeah. You'll yeah. never get rid of us. <laughs> they were frozen together on October 14th, 1992. Damn. That's a year before I was born. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, that technology is just wild. Yeah, I would have been two. Yeah. That was when my sister was born. Yeah, it's fucking wild, In vitro. Is not is in vitro how we uh, got the octomom in this reality no, also? No, no, no. In vitro is what they call a test tube baby. Oh, that's just when they implant you with the... Yeah. Embryo. Okay. What's that crazy octomom crap? Those are I thought people would... that eat a lot of sterilization. Or, I mean, opposite. <laughs> the opposite. Fertilization. Fertility. Yeah, fertility drugs. Yeah. Which I think just cranks your egg production up. Hmm. Well, <laughs> pretty soon we'll just be able to. People will just go to the like white walled uh, Apple store of babies and they'll just take, like, they'll just make your baby right there in front of you. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll be like, what do you, you know, you want blue eyes? You want brown hair? You just pick it out and then they're just like, all right, we'll poke it back in you if you, or no, at that point, why would you want to go through the birthing process? Yeah, it's Here, just like Brave New World. Meet our robot Rosie. Grow it she, in a jar. <laughs> Yeah, grow it in a jar. You don't even need, like, a cool persicum to grow it for you. Just a jar. Just a jar. Baby in a jar. You come visit whenever you want. Shit, you can take the jar home, probably. That's all I've got, I guess. That's <laughs> all she's got. 
Yeah. Oh, she's bashful. Well, come on, kitten. I won't tell anyone. We do need to think of our first time I ever for next week, though, before we go. Yes, and I think I, I already uh, came up with one tonight. Oh, cool, because I have one, too. Oh, okay. But I want to hear your first Well, time. what I started saying when we came behind the curtain and I went to share my story was, first time I ever smoked. So it made me think, first time I ever smoked cigarettes. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a pretty good one. I like that. See, we had talked about hospital stuff, too, so I was thinking it's the first time I ever went to a hospital as a patient. We'll have to do both of those, so let's just okay. do them in consecutive. Next week will be the first time I ever smoked a cigarette, and then the week after that, we can talk about the first time I ever... Was a hospital patient? Was a hospital patient. Yeah, I think that'd be All good. Right. And then, you know, everybody has those, and then we just knocked out two weeks and one with one idea. Yeah, we got two birds stoned at once. It's always good. It feels good. Feels good, man. Feels good behind the curtain in the bowl. Hey, thanks everybody for hanging out on another titillating Tuesday. Yeah, and until next week, may your bowls burn ever brighter. Do you all see that? Look, they look so good. Let me see what it look like. Is my eyes deceiving me? This is serious. This is serious. This is this is this is serious. I called the police. Do y'all see that? They was like that is somebody's penis. Oh no, this ain't no comparison. This is serious. Is my eyes deceiving me?